0: I don't wanna be stopped from critical thinking because I have to be your eyes. I see what I see and I have to, I have to be able to execute what is gonna eliminate that fire. So if there's no reason for it, don't stop me from executing my job. Just let me do it and tell you when I'm done. From Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott.
1: That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Welcome back to another edition of Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. Sometimes we make things more difficult than we need to. For instance, we develop a course of training, then we insist on dictating every move firefighters make once they master it. The bottom line usually boils down to this. Put the wet stuff on the red stuff and the fire goes out. More wet stuff applied faster puts the fire out faster. This is essentially taught on or about day one in Firefighter one classes. It's certainly not all the probies will learn, but the rest builds on that foundation. And with experience, they'll use their own judgment, which we assumed was sound when they graduated, to guide them. So why do many officers micromanage their crews? After all, wasn't the point of training them so that they could do the job? I've always hated being treated that way. And conversely, I have loved to be able to point the man at the job and count on him to get it done. My guest today, Casey Corrigan, advocates for that same attitude. She's a lieutenant at a department in Northwest Pierce County, Washington. She's been on the job there for 13 years. She deals heavily with training, including instruction in fire behavior, strategy and tactics, nozzles, hose streams, and tactical ventilation. She's an instructor with first due training in Washington State, as well as an adjunct instructor with fire by trade. And Casey Corrigan, welcome to Code 3. Hey, thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. You wrote an article based around the concept that once firefighters are trained, we ought to allow them to just do the job. What, in your experience, suggests that this obvious idea isn't actually happening?
0: Well, I I would definitely have to add the caveat that they need to be trained well and not just trained, and we have to keep reflecting on that just over and over and over again. Is the level of their training what it needs to be, and are we doing it right I think one of the biggest indicators that maybe just allowing people to do their job isn't happening is the level of micromanagement that takes place.
1: And you're talking about micromanaging by company officers or by chiefs or what?
0: All of the above, I suppose.
1: All right. The thing, though, is that fires get put out by micromanaged fire companies every day. So why should we spend the time worrying about change?
0: I don't think the fire going out can be a gauge for for a successful operation, because the fire is gonna go out anyway, so we can't use that to measure if we need change or not. We have to question, are we making the fire worse by what we're doing with micromanagement? Are we allowing people to do what needs to happen fast enough? Are we even willing to accept that there might need to be a change? But what we need to recognize with micromanagement is that there's gotta be a reason for it to have been there to begin with. It doesn't exist in a void, if people are micromanaging, there has to be a reason. And so that's another reason that there has to be time spent on the change. I think it's a symptom of much bigger problems. We have to figure out what those problems are. If you're my officer, do you not trust me to do the job? If I'm your officer, do I not trust you? Do I have to be in control? Am I so, am I so vapor-locked by some sort of complex radio algorithm that I have to just check every single box on that as your officer? instead of focusing on what my job actually is, am I applying those algorithms where they don't need to so that I can sound good on the radio? Do I just have to be in control? Or have I not changed? Have I not trained you enough? But the more time we spend on the radio with micromanagement, the less time we can actually do our job, and that's both inside and outside the building. If I'm the company officer and I'm inside, and my incident commander's focused on telling me how to do my job, they're not really focused on doing theirs and then I'm stopped from doing my job. But if I'm inside, I have to be the eyes of the incident commander. I have to be allowed to do my job and I have to execute my training and my knowledge without without being stopped by having to talk on the radio repeatedly. I don't want to be stopped from critical thinking because I have to be your eyes. I see what I see and I have to I have to be able to execute what is going to eliminate that fire, so if there's no reason for it, don't stop me from executing my job. Just let me do it and tell you when I'm done.
1: If you're going to pay these people to learn to fight fire, isn't it bad for morale then to say, well, we're going to train you, but then I'm going to tell you how to walk when you get there?
0: Absolutely. If you're not trusted, you you wonder if you're appreciated. You wonder if you're thought of as not being able to do your job. You have to be trusted and you have to be able to trust the people who are bringing you into it
1: do you think there's a fear among leadership that actually firefighters are not trained well enough
0: I do think there's some of that I think I think it can be founded and unfounded both I think there's also a fear of sometimes leadership maybe not being confident that they know the job enough to have taught you well enough whether consciously or subconsciously or there could just be a, a fear of I don't want to kill my people so if they're not trained well enough am I putting them in a situation where I, I might harm them. I might harm somebody else. Sometimes those fears are founded, but if they are, and if we recognize it, then we have to ask ourselves, how do we fix that? And where does the onus for that fear lay?
1: Well, now that's interesting to me because I was originally assuming this was an ego-driven problem. You know, I know better than you, so I'm going to tell you how to do it. But you're suggesting that it could actually be feared that things are going to go south, and then somebody's going to have to take the responsibility for that.
0: I think that that's part of it, but there's also quite a few different reasons and ego's a huge one of them, and weighing i guess ego against arrogance ego is is a must arrogance is a problem, and that's where it comes into I do know better than you. I can't be asked questions because that means you're questioning me or. If you don't have the answer to a question or if you don't know how to do everything all the way through and be able to show that to everybody all the time, you can be worried that you look like a lesser leader or look like you don't know your job. And we're terrified to admit that we don't know everything and we're terrified to be fallible.
1: It's time for a short break from the interview. I've been doing Code 3 since 2017, interviewing members of the fire service about topics important to you. We've discussed leadership, strategy and tactics, recruiting, health, you name it and we've done it. And we do it in about 20 minutes, give or take, so you can get the information you need and get on with your day. If you value what you get through Code 3, I'd like to ask you to make a monthly pledge through Patreon. Ten bucks a month would be nice, and it gets you access to the Bull Sessions. That's more interview material available exclusively to donors, and I'll be stepping up the release schedule on those. But even five bucks will help. I know, it's weird to ask for money for a free podcast. And if you can't swing it in this economy, don't worry, I get it. I'm not going anywhere as far as I know. I'll still be doing this show, but if you can, please make a pledge today. Go to Code3Podcast.com and click on the support the show banner or go to Code3Podcast.com slash support. And thanks for your help. Now back to the interview. I will tell you that this article and even this podcast seems like it puts you on the edge of something, and that's because if you're perceived as talking about people you know, obviously there's going to be a problem. With that in mind, do you feel like this is a widespread problem or that it's individuals here, there, and everywhere?
0: That was one of the interesting things as this article came about. I actually, the way it came about was I was I was supposed to write an op-ed for a class I was taking about writing op-eds, writing opinion <laughs> pieces. Um, and in that class, it challenged you to send that in to a publication. You had to picture what publication you might be writing it for and who your audience would be. They challenged you to send it in. So I submitted it. I also shared it with a couple of people close to me. And from there, it just kind of took off because it seemed like there were parts of it all the way through that resonated with people, which made it more and more clear to me that it's more of a universal problem and not even necessarily just individuals spread out. I've had a lot of people get a hold of me from different departments, different size departments, different levels and organizations, different parts of the country, different resources, different, different everything across the board saying, this is, this is what's going on, this is absolutely true, this hit me, we're sharing this with our department and that sort of thing. And having gone to quite a few conferences, both as an instructor and a student, everyone sits around drinking a beer after, after class and those same complaints or recognitions, or however you want to call them, are universal. People get, get hyped up because they're among people who totally understand what's going on. And I, that, to me, lends itself more to it being a human nature thing as opposed to a even fire department-specific thing.
1: I was just thinking about the fact that I've run into this in journalism with various bosses. And it's obviously not life or death. But in terms of the fire department or any fire department, could it be true that maybe inexperienced firefighters are not ready for the big show?
0: Absolutely. And I don't think there's a a one-size-fits-all answer for levels of micromanagement. Unfortunately, sometimes it is necessary. But I think that is with experienced and inexperienced firefighters alike. Sometimes it's easier as an instructor, sometimes it's, I found it to be easier to share information with less experienced firefighters because, through no fault of their own, sometimes more experienced firefighters have a lot more layers and teachings and practices that they have to strip away in order to let in new information. We've got so many different academies we've gone to, mentors, instructors, practices, demographics, resources, standard operating procedures that we all have a different story, and that can be hard to get through. So there are firefighters across the board at any level of experience that may or may not be ready for the big show.
1: So I assume that in 13 years you've seen the kind of new probies that show up change a little bit because you've come through the millennium group and the millennial group and whatever we're on now, iGen, Have you seen that – has it seemed to you that these people change as a group in how they learn and what they learn and how they need to be managed? I
0: do, but I think it's a good thing because I think they bring in a school of thought, and nothing is across the board, of course. I don't want to generalize, but there's been such a refreshing school of thought where they want to ask the question, why? it's up to us who have been in the fire service a little bit longer to be open to those questions and be able to be approachable for someone to ask that question. I need a new person. If they don't understand what's going on or they would like some clarification, I need for them to come and ask me why things are a certain way. I need to be approachable and and understand that that's not somebody challenging me and saying that they don't think I know what I'm doing. The information is there and they want the information we learn so much from each other in that way. I have to be able to answer why. They have to be able to ask the question. And I think there's such a, a good understanding that comes from that and a good trust that's built in that mindset, but it's a really good thing.
1: Do you think that characteristic makes them better firefighters in the long run?
0: I think that a foundation of true understanding of the whys and what's happening will make somebody a great firefighter if that information is used and shared.
1: If you were brought up in the, the time where you were told, just do it because we say so, and you're, you're told to jump so high and you jump, you must, I would assume, react differently in the field than somebody who's been um, understood to be asking questions all along.
0: I think there's just such a huge benefit that comes from the understanding of why things are the way they are. I think good leadership ends up being on the individual and what they do with their experiences and their information. I've had some absolutely fantastic leaders that I can't imagine being paralleled at any point. And it didn't necessarily come from what would be termed a millennial mindset, but their experiences, how they do things, how they communicate and the trust that they build And the information that they have, the knowledge that they have, the time they're willing to spend, the empowerment they're willing to give. So I think it remains to be seen. Different qualities and different mindsets make great leaders, but it's what you do with that information and that mindset that will make you a great leader.
1: How much impact do you think it has on company officers or chief officers that training today may be different than it was? Do you think they believe the training is better or worse and so then they're turning out better prepared or less prepared probies?
0: I think it depends on the company officer or the or the chief officer. Honestly, I think it depends on each of them as an individual because sometimes it's it's certainly possible that okay, we've had the training, we've given the training, why do we need more training? Could be a thought process. But there's also a welcoming of company officers and firefighters going out and receiving more training or bringing more training in and sharing that information.
1: All right. So I guess to sum up then, it seems to be an issue that's widespread, but it's an individual problem. It's not a It's not a class of people. It's individuals everywhere that may or may not feel this way about how they're going to manage.
0: I think that's fair.
1: And that's where we'll leave it. Casey Corrigan, thanks for being with me on Code 3 today.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: You can hear a brand new story about Casey and a very solid probie facing an unusual fire over at Code3Podcast.com slash support. Casey has a point about micromanagement. If your people are well-trained, then all you should need to do is coordinate. If they aren't, if you're not comfortable trusting them to do the job, then something needs to be fixed. Now, if you disagree, I'd like to hear from you. You can leave your comments on our website at code3podcast.com slash micromanage. There are links to more resources there as well. Or if you're willing, I'd like to have your comment on a future show with your voice. Call me at 562-337-9902 and leave a voicemail about your experience. 562-337-9902. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe.
0: To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.